Gentle Guide to Politics for episode 37. My name is Colleen Costin, host, and I'm here with your other co-host, Rachel. Yes, that's right. I am here. I'm Rachel Baranski, using our full names today. I love it. But we're here on Gen Z's Guide to Politics. We are your guide to politics in the 21st century. And we're excited to be here for our very first Halloween special. Woohoo! Yay! Monday release! That's right. There we go. I love it. We're here. We're queer. And we're so excited for Halloween. Pauline, do you have a costume that you are going to be wearing this Halloween? So funny enough, I still live at home, as I've talked about a few times. I have a five-year-old. I have a six-year-old brother. He just turned six. Uh, So I dress up every year for Halloween, or at least I try to, to make him happy. And so this year, he wanted us to dress as witches. And he told Heather to be a good witch. And he told me to be a pretty witch, but I had to be evil. So I took a few pictures that I will be posting to my Instagram if you want to follow me. Haven't done it yet, but it will be happening soon. But I have this like really long black dress that's like velvet. And I got this really pretty purple corset. And I wore it. And like during his birthday party, I just kept like menacingly like doing things. So he was like, Pauline, can you open this? And it was a piece of candy. And I said, yeah, sure. Put it in my mouth and ate it. And he went, you're so evil. He just he walked away <laughs> getting into character look at this oh my god he was he was digging it uh he did tell me though last night he went do you remember at my birthday party when you ate that piece of candy and i went yeah and he went that hurt my feelings i was like but i was in costume and he was like yeah but i'm hiccup and i don't have a dragon <laughs> <laughs> he's like do i look like i'm toting a dragon around okay he was like, listen here, fucker. <laughs> oh my god, that's adorable. I love that. Costume? Do I have a costume? I, you know, I'm still thinking about it. We, my partner and I, are going to a Halloween party in New York with some of my friends. And we have a couple good ideas. We'll have to, like, post and I'll show everybody which one we picked. But last year, we went as... We were. I was like, oh, we should go as Breaking Bad because we had started Breaking Bad. But he was like, oh, do you want to go as Walter and Jesse? And I was like, no, I want to go as Walter and his bag of blue meth. So, <laughs> so I was Walter. I was Heisenberg, and then he was the the blue sky like <laughs> that he makes. So I'm like, maybe this year I'll go as like. Like, I can be, like, the red balloon, and then Nick can be Georgie for me. Yes. I feel (laughs) like that would be funny. But I hate Breaking Bad, and I've never even seen it. I have two really good reasons for hating Breaking Bad. So before I was a lesbian, I had my first love when I was 13, and his name was Devin, and he loved Breaking Bad. And then, yeah, and then he broke my heart. Um, But I don't know if I ever actually loved him or not. And then the second guy I ever dated also loved Breaking Bad. But he also showed me the dark web on our second date. So, like, that should have been my first red flag. But, yeah, I know that Breaking Bad, though, is actually, like, hilarious. I've seen it a few times. So I don't, like, actually hate Breaking Bad. I think I, I think, I think sometimes I don't like people that like Breaking Bad. <laughs> I, I think terrible. sometimes the Breaking Bad fan base has issues. We'll say that. <laughs> also- was an American Dad episode where they watched all of Breaking Bad backwards and then they found his dead body <laughs> and it never left my head. I watched it when I was like 16 
And it always weirded me out. I would sometimes just go to bed thinking about it. And I'm like, is the Breaking Bad fan base actually like this? They sound like the Harry Potter fan base. There's one season. There's like one or two seasons. Like, what do they have to obsess over? And I just, I don't know what happened. I, it is a good show, though. I've watched like one episode. It was the episode when he was like, this is some good stuff. And then he's like, this is just basic chemistry. And then he was like, good chemistry. Just <laughs> but like that episode i i love it i never watched anymore um because i was obsessed with american horror story at the time which funny enough our episode is about today what a perfect segue pauline that was so smooth so smooth smooth like butter um like butter Halloween spooky special, we are talking about the iconic American Horror Story, which is a definitely a Gen Z millennial 2014 Tumblr staple, you know, the aesthetic of it. When you think of American Horror Story, I don't know how old Rachel was when she first watched American Horror Story. I was like 10. That show, oh my god, that's crazy. I was 10, 10 years ago. I'm sorry, I'm having an old person moment. I love it. I was, I'm having an even older person moment. Yeah, I was way too young to be watching American Horror Story, but like I would hear the, it's like, what the fuck? And I remember sitting in the hallway and I was just like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) That theme song, the theme song though, so scary. It really was. Because I watched Murder House and then I was completely put off from ever watching any more of it until I was like 13 and I watched more of it. And I was like, I watched Coven and Coven was like, it was, it was a game changer. It was a game changer. Yeah. So, I mean, when we were thinking about like what to talk about for the Halloween special, I was like, okay, what will our audience appreciate? And then Pauline like mentioned, oh, we should do American Horror Story. So props to Pauline for thinking of it. Not only is it like perfect for our Gen Z and millennial audience, and we've both been watching it since we were young. I think that I was like 14 when I started watching it, maybe 15, but I watched Murder House like shortly after it came out. So it's also both like spooky and Halloween themed, and it's centered around like fucked up American history, or it's supposed to center around loosely inspired events that have taken place over the course of American history. So season one is obviously called Murder House, if you didn't know. But the dad cheated on the wife and she was like depressed or something. And he was like, you got a dog. You got a dog and I needed you. And that sentence right there is me. Via IMBD, here's a little description about the series, just in case we didn't do it justice. American Horror Story is an American anthology horror television series created by Ryan Murphy and Brad Fulchuk for the cable network FX. The first installment in the American Story media franchise, each season is conceived as a self-contained miniseries following a different set of characteristics and settings in the same fictional universe and a storyline with its own beginning, middle, and end. Some plot elements of each season are loosely inspired by true events. So, as we said, loosely inspired. 
and we can talk a little bit about that as we go on but yeah I feel like my favorite is probably either Asylum or Coven I think I enjoy the interesting way they play with like the past and the present specifically with Lana Winter's storyline in Asylum because like I'm queer what can I say I love Sarah Paulson and all of her journalistic storylines yeah so I think that's my favorite Pauline what about you so I we talked about just a few episodes ago about how we both listen to true crime but we try and do it in a respectful way and how there's ways to do it appropriately so when I watched Coven I think I was around I kind of messed up I think my internal timeline I think I watched Coven and then like I was just I barred everything else out of my head until I was like 14. But Coven really got me into true crime because of the lady that put blood on her face. And because of the things that she did to her slaves. Because I was like, did this actually, did this shit happen? Did this shit happen if they didn't teach us in school? So then I got like really big into the history of like what actually happened during slavery and like true crime and stuff. There are some plot lines in American Horror Story though that are completely unnecessary. I'm talking about the bull plot line. That was not necessary. That was the one that came to mind. If you if you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. But it just it shouldn't have existed. Like it was just so it was so weird. It was just yeah. I think unfortunately, Ryan. I, I don't want to say unfortunately. This isn't something that's like new to people that have watched American Horror Story. Ryan Murphy has like a way of like doing things that are almost harmful to like minorities and like just shouldn't exist. And that's one of them. That shouldn't have existed. Yeah. Yes. I will agree. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, I agree with you that I think, like, the stories inspired a lot of people look into history. And I think part of that, as a little bit of a segue to our next question, part of that was because of the portrayal, you know, the way that it was acted and the characters being such a central part of, like, their environment and their story and everything. So I was going to ask... Who's your favorite American Horror Story actor or actress? Do you have an opinion? Definitely Sarah Paulson. Mainly because I'm gay. (laughs) Has to be. Has to be. But no, she really is a great actress and she's like gorgeous, but she's a great actress first. Like I remember watching Sarah Paulson in Covet and I was like, yes, you are beautiful. I also, I used to love, what is her name? Was it wasn't Emma Watson. It was Emma something though. What is her name? She's the uh the nepotism baby, Emma Roberts, I think. That's her name. I always forget her name because there's so many Emmas. I used to really like Emma Watson until I found out she and Evan Peters were in an abusive relationship. And I had I couldn't put any impact or any thought into that. So I was just like, I don't like either of you. And one of you was just fucked up. And I don't know which one it is. But I, I can't think about this because I'm like 15. So <laughs> it's just going to be bored from my head. But I remember her coming out and essentially saying that like, she was the one that was mainly abusive in the relationship and Evan Peters just really hasn't dated a lot of people since and she hasn't got casted in a lot of things since but it's also Hollywood so like I don't know and I don't feel like I can have like a say or anything but I don't like her and I don't like her because she's always playing the bitchy people and she's a real bitchy person in real life people have said that she is a mean person she is a mean girl so I just don't trust her. I don't know why. I mean, I know why. I have my real suspicions as to why I don't trust her. But I wouldn't trust her in real life. She looks like the girls that bully me. But also watching her in Scream Queens, she played that role a little too well. A little too good. 
we said what we said for all legal reasons. This podcast and what we say in it is a joke. But yeah, I think definitely. Okay, yeah, we have our our favorite and least favorite from Pauline. You know, I think my favorite, I really fell in love with Jessica Lange as an actress when I started watching the show. And honestly, like, I just, I really like her in every season. I liked her in Coven. I liked her in Freak Show. I loved when she covered David Bowie in Freak Show. That was yeah. like, yeah. Oh, love it. Yeah, Pauline's like, Pauline knows, Pauline knows. Freak Show definitely did have like an impact on me that I I don't think I was thinking about. Like, yeah, no, Freak Show, Freak Show is its own, like, definitely its own conversation. But, you know, specifically that cover, Chef's Kiss. Mwah. Oh my gosh. It's like my guilty, like, it's something that I definitely feel like I harbor as a dark secret. I remember watching Freak Show and I remember seeing the commercial for it and it was Carousel by Melanie Martinez on FX. And I was like, like I was singing it like as I would see it on FX and my mom was like you shouldn't be watching that and I would be like okay (laughs) turn it off so I never watched it all the way through when I was a teenager and then like I remember trying to rewatch it when I was like 16 or 17 and I saw the scene where she's talking about how she lost her legs which if you know you know and once again threw me down the hole of true crime and I just couldn't finish it because I was so, like, sad and, like, disgusted, which I do that with a lot of things. I did that with How to Train Your Dragon when I was, like, 12. Wow, that's a problem. <laughs> but, so, yeah, Jessica Lang, probably my favorite actress or American Horror Story actor. I love her. Also, saw her on Broadway. What a fucking queen. She is a star. And I can't believe I was in the same, like, vicinity as her. I, like... You perform Broadway? Yes. Okay. Oh my God. So, side story. My mom knew that I love Jessica Lang and she, so Jessica Lang actually, Queen has been like, she was in the OG King Kong movie. She was the, the lady on the tower. Yeah. That's how, that's how much of a star this, this woman is. So, she's been around for like a hot second and she went to the Roundabout Theater in new york city and they were doing a run of the play long day's journey into night by eugene o'neill and i that was what really got me interested in like classical theater and you know older theater pieces but the story is really compelling and really interesting because it was like her and a bunch of other famous people it was really cool but it's like these yeah there's three other men and they're all in a family together the dad and then jessica lang played the mom and then there's two adult kids and so all the dad and the kids are like addicted to alcohol and then like she she was addicted to morphine she had a morphine addiction but this whole play is like autobiographical also of the playwright's life which was like sounds a little too familiar yeah it's 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 a heavy piece and it is I hear what you're saying, Pauline, completely knowing you. Um, but but um, but yeah, Jessica Lang, the way that she performed it and she she performed it very respectfully. She wrote about the process of playing this part and how she talked to people who had addictions and she talked to people who whose families had addictions. It was really interesting. It was really cool. So 
some clips of it are on YouTube. You should go watch if you haven't. But yeah, my least favorite also is probably that bitch. I never really liked her. Emma Roberts. She I just don't really I was I always liked Thaisa Farmiga better. I was like, she can't compete, you know. Oh, I love Tessa. Um I love her. Yeah. I love her. I and like I don't I I feel weird about like celebrities because I don't want to be mean to them but I also don't want to be nice to them and I know that's like but that's how I am to real people so (laughs) I have I I don't know I'm a very blunt person and sometimes it's not because I'm a blunt person it's because I'm autistic and I have like no filter but I will tell somebody if I don't like them like they'll be like Pauline do you like me and I'll be like no why because I don't like the sound of your voice it frustrates me. But the first season is called Murder House, which we've mentioned a few times. But Murder House is, it starts with the anthology series. It's like family trauma. They're they're in like this haunted ancient house in Los Angeles, because why not Los Angeles? There's like a weird latex suit. There's angry spirits that are commanding people to do random things. And there's also school shooters. Why not? This was peak 2012. I guess they would have probably been like filming and producing the show in like 2012 or 2013, like getting everything ready. And then 2014, I feel like was really just that dark, goth, grunge, emo Tumblr era that everybody was like bleeding heart for, you know. So that's the aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. The the first series, the first season starts out with the therapist moving into this house with a family in los angeles they're trying to leave the fact that he cheated on her and she had a miscarriage and they also have a dog which we we talked about a moment ago (laughs) their daughter is very depressed and they aren't alone wow a big surprise there's a whole bunch of ghosts and they're all like looping around they're all like hey and the family soon realizes that something weird is going on and then yeah, other stuff happens, but I'm not going to tell you the other stuff because I don't want it to be ruined for you. But I will say now that they made Apocalypse, I feel like they only made Apocalypse to justify what Tate did to the mom because that was one of the biggest complaints of the first season was that him saying like sexually assaulting the mother was completely unnecessary. So then the, the writer, Ryan, was like, I shall make it necessary. Yeah, I kind of hear what you're saying. I think that, like, and I mean, like, yeah, like, maybe just make a comment about it instead of, like, trying to go back and justify it with the plot. Yeah, anywho. My thoughts on season one, when I watched it, I don't know about you, but I was, like, and this is, keep in mind, as, like, a 14-year-old who was, you know, going through it, and experiencing young adulthood had a lot of hormones or whatever I was really into it I had never seen anything really like it before that was like kind of dark and suspenseful that really like I could relate to more as a young person or that I could get into as a young person kind of like I don't think that it was really proper for like anybody younger than like 14 really or 15 to be watching it but you know that aside I also love the actors in this season. I think there's a couple people who sort of are more sparse in the next seasons, like Connie Britton. Love her. Her hair is delicious. Oh, my God. But she plays the mom, so she's great. Yeah, I mean, like, as a kid, 
or like as a teenager, I definitely loved it. It has a very special place in my heart. But looking back as an adult, there are totally things that were unnecessary. And you can argue with your mom, but like there were things that didn't need to be there that were there. And I have a problem with this now with a lot of shows and a lot of them being some of my favorite shows, like Game of Thrones. Lots of the sexual assault scenes that were in Game of Thrones were triggering and were unnecessary. And I stand by that. And a lot of the House of the Dragon producers and writers have said that they're unnecessary for character development. And they've made tweaks to the actual series because of that. And, you know, Game of Thrones is great. House of Dragon is great. The Game of Thrones series is great. But also it was written by like a 76-year-old white man. So it's going to have its problems here and there. Same thing with this. It was written by man. It's going to have its issues here and there. And like we, yeah, we understand that. And not to say that all men suck. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that men don't understand the struggles that women go through. And I'm saying there are things that need, that should be done that aren't done. That's all. Writing femme or female characters, yes, needs to be done with care and consideration. But yeah, the things aside, I think um, definitely as a younger, yeah, as a younger kid, like, um, or a younger teenager, yeah, I really got into it. I took notes for fashion. I was like, that's so cute. Yeah, I was like, I actually liked Violet's style a lot. She did have a good style. She they they pulled Tumblr right out, threw it right on her. They did, they did. Yeah, she was like cute granola girl, hippie, dark witch kind of Tumblr, which I really appreciated. So I think that the series as a whole, I thought that the ending was interesting. I was like, huh, yeah, like that's unexpected, but interesting they touch a lot on religion too in that one which is we do it was also the first time that i had seen an anthology series and when the second season came out i remember being mad for months because i was like i want to know what happened like i didn't understand the point of like an anthology series i was like what is this but the next season is asylum which i'm sure rachel will tell us about but this is probably asylum is definitely one of my favorite ones it's up there I like that one a lot. So yeah, so Asylum, which is the second season of the show, follows a a series of characters who are in a mental health facility called Briarcliff Manor, which is somewhere in like Massachusetts, I think it takes place somewhere around there. So this institution was one that was made to house people who are not only mentally ill, but who have possibly also been sentenced to essentially serve time there that's what i would call it but yeah really ill to be in a real prison yeah exactly still very bleak and definitely not any better conditions as we come to see throughout this season asylum tries to kind of address the abuse and the maltreatment that almost any patient who was institutionalized faced during the time period that it took place so how did you feel about season two of American Horror Story? Because I know we like gave a description of it, but like, how did Asylum make you feel? Because I loved it. I thought it was a masterpiece when I was like, the scene that's like, Judy Badooty. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. When just, so I, I've talked about Jessica Lang, you know, a little bit already, but yeah, when she did the, the Judy song, oh my God, I was like, this is my like, queer psychosis situation and i kind of love it God, you know? 
like thinking back about it me and my boss talk about this all the time about like my funny little moments that I had when I was a kid that I was gay I had the biggest crush on Jessica Lange Lang, Lang, Jessica Lang. I was obsessed with her and I really liked her and I was like oh I just like her like my grandma and then I had a wet dream about her and then I prayed to God that it went away like I literally prayed because I thought I was sinning <laughs> you know Sarah Paulson who is also on the show also did marry a very like a way older woman so crawling into her grave though at this point like she looks ancient yeah it's kind I'm like man She's really here for the mommy fortune. I give it to her. I do. I was thinking about, it was like, Sarah Paulson's been married to her for like a hot moment. And I was thinking about that when I was like 15 or 16. I was like, I like, I had a whole conversation with, about it with somebody, but I thought the twist about who was bloody faced was really good. I will say I've had to watch like a side like two or three times now to like really thoroughly understand it. I really do wonder if I would have understood it more if I was older. However, the scene with the hanger was a little was a little much for me a little much personally yeah. speaking yeah my thoughts on asylum honestly i think again for the time especially as a young person i know that i had never seen anything like like that before there was definitely a lot of really graphic scenes and everything i think there's that weird scene where evan peter's character and the girl that he meets in the in the asylum and then his wife they all like live in a house together and then they like kill each other. I didn't feel like that was necessary, personally speaking. It felt like it was just trying to like close it up, but honestly, they could have just closed it up by everybody being happy together. Definitely odd for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I think like Asylum was good for trying to talk about the way that people who have mental health issues like had been treated historically. But yeah. I guess also at the same time, we want to be careful about how we navigate that. So we know now to be better. But the third season of American Horror Story, let's let's get into this one. This is another interesting one for sure. American Horror Story Coven, like we said, is the third season. And this one takes place in the deep south of America in New Orleans, like that sort of area, Louisiana. And... It surrounds the theme of the culture and the history that exists there in the Deep South. And they included a lot of conversations about racism, slavery, and the experience of enslaved people, and also talking about the crimes that were perpetuated against them and how this affects the way that we still experience the world now. Also, because it's American Horror Story, there's also lots of elements of religion, different spiritualities and things like that yeah let's let's talk about it pauline thoughts on ahs coven <laughs> so my thoughts on ahs coven i thought once again it was absolutely amazing however as somebody who now does research and is like i don't think i have enough confidence to call myself a practitioner but who does a lot of research in paganism hoodism and voodoo it's not accurate in a lot of the things that it talks about. And one of those things that was completely misleading was Papa Legba. And if you don't know, Papa Legba is an Iwa in Haitian voodoo and Louisiana voodoo who serves as an intermediary between the Iwa and the humanity. He stands as a spiritual crossroads and gives permission to speak with the spirits of the Ginwe and is believed to speak all human languages. But he's not 
the the devil and i think it's very interesting to perpetuate voodoo and hoodoo as this evil thing when it doesn't have to, when it's not it was just it's just black spirituality so i think it's i think it's very interesting when people do that also in case you didn't know tons of black christians in america will also practice hoodoo or voodoo it's very common because you can be religious and spiritual at the same time, or you can just be one or the other. This actually, if you've ever seen Thor, Love and Thunder, this is actually a wonderful explanation. But a lot of people believe that every religion and spirituality has has gods, and all of those planes function separately, but they're all real. So a lot of people will connect their spiritu- their spirituality with their religion. But what I'm trying to point out here, they often will do things that aren't completely accurate and i think it's very interesting to portray a black religion as evil as this man who wants a black woman to bring her babies every year i think that's interesting and i think making black religion look like like a villain is not something that anyone should do personally speaking yeah in this season there's definitely like the aspect of you know coven they're talking a lot about witchcraft, which if that wasn't super clear from us saying that, coven, it follows a coven of witches that live in New Orleans, Louisiana and everything. But these witches are like genetic witches and they, you know, have essentially been in the United States for a really long time. And so they sort of tried to make this combination of like witch witchcraft you know quote unquote that i guess had kind of been associated with salem witches and like they kind of create a new idea of what that looks like the witchcraft that's shown in tv shows especially coven is not what witchcraft historically was a lot of it is like homeopathy and then like herbalism and stuff like that but it's not like i can burn you with the power of my mind my my soul will suck your life from you like it's not like yeah you know so like i want to stress that american horror story is not portraying witchcraft really accurately like these witches are like trying to learn how to float stuff and like um you know they can light things on fire they can move shit like things like that you know there's also like some of them have special powers that are unique to them So, yeah, so that's kind of like the story there. But they try to take that, which is already kind of like a malformation of what witchcraft spirituality is, and also do that to voodoo and like black spirituality, as Pauline was saying. And they then took that and sort of like malformed certain elements to fit whatever narrative was happening in AHS Coven. So essentially, they're like commandeering a religious or spiritual figure which is definitely fucked up (laughs) like just period point blank that um is not correct they could have very well made this character like more akin to the devil and made up their own creative story about it and not made it a black person like a white person in the south that could easily be satan to me just shitting on a a religion that you know nothing about (laughs) they're literally just like oh that sounds good i'm is it for me it's it's for me yeah i did really like season three 
but as we talked about there was that weird scene with that weird bowl that was like completely unnecessary and there's also this weird stereotype that all black men have huge dicks and they're called black bowls and i that weirded me out so bad i don't like i don't know how to like put it because like you can appreciate horror and like graphic scenes and actually like appreciate them without them being trauma porny but here's a great example if you've ever seen there's like a lot of discourse going on right now in the horror and gore community between the terrifier movies he literally like mutilates like women specifically and it feels like ryan murphy has a tendency to mutilate black culture black people and people of color this the first three seasons you really see it like you really see it and yeah there was a kitten behind my couch and he was doing his chewiest things. So Freak Show is, it, it's a story essentially about a whole bunch of underdogs. They're trying to like live out their their dreams. Um, and this is set around the 1950s. The season follows Elsa Mars, which is Rachel's definitely favorite character. It's Jessica Lang. And she struggles to keep her circus or fair running in Jupiter, Florida. Mars really wants to make her group. There's twin sisters, which that's Sarah Paulson's character. She did a great job. There's a three-breasted woman, which is woman, which is Angela Bassett. I love Angela Bassett. A bearded woman, Kathy Bates, and a whole bunch more. There's, I think, a man with like no arms and no legs. And then there's a really small woman. There's also like a killer clown. There's also like this weird rich guy. There's a lot going on. Um, and then, but it kind of just, I don't know. This one isn't my favorite because I feel like it doesn't have a very good conclusion. Yeah, I so when I'm thinking about Freak Show, like I said, I think that the beginning of Freak Show and some some like parts of Freak Show are really strong and then other parts of it just very much flop to the floor. I love when Jessica Lange covered David Bowie. That's probably my favorite part. Does that have anything to do with the actual show? No, I I just felt like I should mention how much I love that yet again. That being said, the cast of characters is definitely interesting and it's it provides a lot of different dynamics for them to kind of play around with in that area of like supernatural or like horror kind of acting. But yeah, the conclusion, I was like, uh, uh. oh, and this is the first season where we had crossover. I forgot about that because oh, really? Pepper from Asylum That's was, right. yes, she showed up in this season as well we got like her backstory so this was almost like a prequel to asylum for like one or two characters well that's Um, right because she had a sister didn't she yeah she had a sister and then yeah that was like part of her origin story that whole that was so tragic oh my god granted a disclaimer as somebody who went to school for theater and like film and stuff definitely i would definitely advocate against those roles now if you're going to have characters with disabilities, you should have like people with those disabilities play those characters. That's my biggest issue. Yeah, because Pepper like actually just like autistic. I'm not sure. I think she has a thing with her brain where that's right. That's what it was. She has microcephaly, which is a super rare genetic abnormality that results in a baby being born with an unusually small head. So yeah, that was oh, okay. Yeah. There yeah. is a, there is an like because so in coven there is a there's an actress who has down syndrome but in one of the in one of the seasons there is like 
there is somebody who's autistic. I can't remember who it is, but that was one of the things that Ryan Murphy was actually praised for around this time was actually like casting people that had disabilities, which I mean, he did do a pretty good job at, but there are still questionable things that he did and people can be good at their jobs and still do questionable things. Exactly. Yes. There was um, also a scene with like the guy that the, the, the crab boy, he was like fingering women because he had like master hands or something yeah he he was basically like the og like toy he was like the og sex toy with his hands oh my god i remember claw boy evan peters (laughs) before before his most recent event and he was like at a a housewife party and they were like yeah we got we got claw boy so weird so weird women were so women are so (laughs) vaginas are so suppressed gen z's guide to politics vaginas are suppressed like i know they had vibrators around this time just go buy one and then our next season which i'm sure rachel's gonna tell us about is hotel which is questionably one of my favorite seasons but it's because it has lady gaga (laughs) and i'm gay (laughs) The plot of this season centers around the mysterious Hotel Cortez in Los Angeles, California, that catches the eye of an intrepid homicide detective, in parentheses, Bentley, which is his name. The Cortez is host to many disturbing scenarios and paranormal events and is overseen by its anatic matron, the Countess, a blood-sucking fashionista. Now, the Countess is, of course, Queen Gaga, and you know i loved when lady gaga showed up i thought that was a perfect casting hotel was definitely interesting for me i thought that it was really really intriguing that it had been based off of the hotel cecil which is in los angeles california by skid row there's a lot of dark history in that hotel a lot of really horrible crimes have been said to happen there serial killers have stayed there before and it just is like a very dark place and around the time that this was made a crime had happened wasn't there a woman who got like trapped in one of the water tanks or something she was they did find out later i watched a very interesting documentary about it it talks a lot about internet culture too that like surrounded the whole thing very cool but she i think at first it had been thought that somebody pushed her in it was later kind of determined like nobody saw and nobody was there there's no footage but they think that she had gotten up there and fallen in herself and wasn't able to climb out so yes it it was which is why in case you didn't know this a lot of water tanks that are built there's like a certain date that they were built past the big ones that are for like counties and stuff they actually have a ladder inside so you can get yourself out in case you get trapped in it but but yeah so pauline i know you love this this season so go go ahead go off about it tell us your thoughts i love the season hotel it feels like a very long dragged out like swig of a cigarette if you ever know what i'm talking about it's like yeah so I love the Sally, I love the Sally plotline, and I also love the vampire plot. I always block out at least one of the plot lines in American Horror Story, and this is the plot line that I think I blocked out. But it was the murderer that was like ongoing while the like detective was staying there. He like 
he like super glued somebody inside of a woman and he also like took off somebody's head do you know what i'm talking about so i will divulge this information i i watched up to a certain point of hotel and then i think probably because i was still in school at the time i think i was like oh like it's getting hard to keep up with so i think i stopped watching around the time that they were maybe halfway through is there like 12 episodes there's like 10 i think but you remember in the first episode there's like the detect like he has like a dead daughter or like something like that yeah and then they're like detecting this case where it's like this woman this man was glued inside of this woman and his eyes were gouged out and like he's the one doing everything that's absolutely wacky shit yeah hotel again i think like this this was an interesting season from a historical perspective because like it's still an active hotel and so like at the at least at this point when it's being made there there's a lot they could talk about even with it being open at that point but historically there had been so much that happened there yeah i think that they i remember there being a lot of insinuation of like different crimes that happened and like all those ones playing out and so yeah there was definitely some wild ones because ryan murphy and the team loved honestly the whole the whole cast and crew probably they love to like really elevate that shit (laughs) so the next season is my it's it's my favorite season but i would like to point out that that roanoke um historically speaking it's called the lost colony of roanoke that's more like an urban legend because the real story of roanoke is that they literally just relocated it starts out with these it's reenacting these like this married couple that relocate to north carolina in like the middle of the woods they're in this like old roll home and everybody's like don't move there and they're like why not it looks fun so a whole bunch of weird things start happening the home as they soon find out which they should have just listened to the local people has like a terrible past where like 100 colonists from roanoke island disappeared in the 1500s sarah paulsing and kuba golding jr play like the couple in the reenactments and it's really funny because sarah paulson when like the real actors go there she's just this british (laughs) and then also like kathy bates like the actor that plays the evil witch or something she like loses her mind and like she actually kills people and then there's like these weird cousin fuckers (laughs) it just i'm sorry it also lady gaga's also in this season and she looks so good I didn't know she was in this season until I was like 18. And I was like, wow, Lady Gaga's hot. (laughs) I love that. Because I thought Roanoke was fucking comical. Like, I really did. Like, it did scare me. Like, there were there are some good jump scares in that one. I thought it was interesting that Ryan Murphy decided to highlight um, black crime, a black man being assaulted, because that's the reason why they end up moving into like a secluded place is because essentially they're both suffering from PTSD because her husband got attacked. And then it just completely goes downhill from there. Like, they're just like, I hate you. I fucked your mom. Like the, I'm pretty sure the real Millers, her husband ends up fucking Lady Gaga, which is actually like an ancient witch. And then he's like, I'm addicted to her ancient vagina. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. I forgot about that part. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, honestly. Okay. So the reason that I think personally... I also liked Roanoke. A lot of people hated Roanoke. Like, they out of pocket really hated it. And, like, 
I like every season. Okay, it's gonna have your pick and takes. It's gonna have your leave this. It's like a big buffet. American Horror Story is one big ass buffet. Plot lines every season. <laughs> yeah, like you know, at least one of them is gonna be bad. I don't know what to tell you. Like so. I just I really liked Roanoke because I thought that it also kind of showcased a fun sense of like reality TV, but like reality TV gone too far. But it's set in a ghost hunting show, which is the funniest place you can put that scenario to me. It was so weird. (laughs) Yeah. And like I liked, too, that this was like an urban legend. Like it wasn't something that was necessarily like a hundred million percent nailed down into history like with Roanoke being like oh they just disappeared but yeah so I personally was a fan of Roanoke I kind of liked that they tried the new mockumentary dynamic I thought it was good I don't like The Office as much as I liked Roanoke honestly so oh my god so the next season is Cult which we already briefly talked about it's like it was released right after like the Trump presidency election it's around this like lesbian couple and their child Allie and Ivy and Allie's played by Sarah Paulson and Allie keeps like she she just keeps going fucking insane (laughs) there's this weird guy and he's like basically an incel and that that's Kai and he's like yeah Trump yeah and then (laughs) he's like trying to get a whole bunch of people to vote for him because the city is like divided because it's in like I think it's it's set in Brookfield Heights, Michigan. And he's basically like, women can't wait. <laughs> and then uh, Allie's like, I'll show you what's scarier than a man. A pissed off woman. <laughs> yeah, they really said, let me take the the like liberal home goods mom quotes and let me put these in my script. And get paid thousands to do it. Because here's here's the thing. I think so. I see what Colt was trying to do. And I think that Colt, in my opinion, is a direct... We got to see a direct, real-time response to people being just, like, very upset and, like, aggressive about how they felt about the current political scheme in the United States... And it wasn't like the Trump side of America doing it. It was definitely like the other side of the coin, or I think at least it was trying to be that. There wasn't any, this was in 2016. No time had passed really between when this man was elected comparatively to like a couple years later down the line when COVID happened. And like, it it was like very raw, real-time reaction to how people felt on that side of the spectrum and like yeah but how do you think how do you think the portrayal went over pauline do you feel like it went well yeah but no i think it was ass (laughs) i think colt was so bad i think that was the point it was to make you mad but i remember watching it and i was like what the fuck is i was so confused i was so angry and confused i thought it was terrible (laughs) No, Colt was definitely, Colt is one of my, it's my least favorite season, I think. I think it's one of my least favorites, too, because I feel like not only, I just, I get frustrated because I think that they were trying to capture something that could have been captured in a way better way. Like, the Trump, the Trump body of voters is definitely a huge amount of, like, 
incels like people who probably are like the main character kai but the way that they portrayed it like the way that they kind of characterized the lesbian couple too i didn't love that it was like i didn't love that the dynamics were kind of stereotypical i didn't like that they were constantly harassed and that was kind of like normalized on stage because there's a big problem in the industry and in general too with like gay men fetishizing the suffering of like queer women or oh it's like femmes weird. it is so weird it's i also weird. like that was the other thing too is like i should have been watching colt when i was watching it like and i've already said that but like i should have been doing tons of things that i was doing at that age that i did anyway but yeah i like okay so i will say i enjoyed like the fact that they touched on the storyline of like valerie solanas andy warhol but like Again, I don't think it was necessarily done with a lot of grace or finesse. I don't really know. It was confusing more than anything. Like, I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, I was like, well, this is an interesting drawback, but I just don't think that it's the right drawback, you know? And yeah, I just, it's not my favorite. I don't think it was a good political take. I think it actually probably made the situation worse cult was ass that's that's where i i divulged but it was ass i hated it <laughs> i watched it all the way through i fucking hated it like i blocked it out of my mind it was terrible however the season that i did love apocalypse awesome and it was hot like literally it was hot because there was radioactive material but it was like actually hot the sarah paulson's character it did something to me i didn't know that i was in love with women that dressed up in victorian outfits and so are many other lesbians but <laughs> It was it was definitely a very interesting season, let me tell you. I really liked it. I, I kind of completely agree with you. I think that, like, I really liked Apocalypse because the aesthetics were good. I also liked that it was comedic, like, especially towards the end when it was, like, um, Evan Peters and then, like, the, uh, like, the Antichrist followers who were, like... <laughs> you go homie like you go ahead i was like that's so fucking funny to me that's hilarious when when um cody fern went up to him or michael langdon he was like i fucking hate you <laughs> like he was like i didn't want you like i only i only raped your mom because like i had to and it was so it was just like what the fuck <laughs> literally literally yeah it was crazy so yeah, I thought Apocalypse was good for sure. I thought it was interesting because it was post-election. I think there was a lot of feeling of what's happening, what's going on. Um, so yeah, so I, I thought it was good. Oh yeah, I thought the connections were really cool. How they connected like Murder House Hotel and the Coven, like all in one season. Yeah, there was a lot of crossover with this season as well. So yeah, so I've only watched up to Apocalypse, and I've watched, like, one or two episodes of 1984 where they're, like, at the camp. I liked the camp slasher films. I liked that it was hella 80s. I think at the same time, I was like, but I can watch Stranger Things instead. Yeah, it was, like, because, like, Stranger Things was also, like, kind of thriving around that time, too. And, like, it Stranger Things. Yeah. There's like there's this like remix of Stranger Things, the cinematic version of Running Up the Hill mixed with Stranger Things, and I listen to it in my car all the time, and it does things to my head. I'm like, am I like it? 
<laughs> Chrissy, wake up. <laughs> like this. I know. And then, like, oh, God. So, in conclusion, I didn't like season nine. I didn't think it was very good, so I stopped halfway through. I thought about rewatching it, but I haven't. And then I never watched season 10. I thought season 10 was bad. But I've heard so far very good things about season um, 11. Um, but I'm waiting for the full season to come out before I watch it. Stranger Things is like, that's definitely a Gen Z thing. And it's so good. I love Stranger Things. Yeah, I think so. I think American Horror Story can be good, but other times it's absolute fucking shit. <laughs> I agree. With all its problems, definitely a part of our age group's culture. Definitely Halloween-y. And I think it was a good special for us. Yeah. We hope to see you next week. We have, we're going to have some news topics and probably a brain dump episode. You guys will nice updates. And then, um, yeah, I hope you like this, listen to this episode during Halloween when you're taking your kids trick or treating and wondering if you can kill yourself because you hate your neighbors. Hopefully they don't have like Trump signs, even though the fucking election was years ago. They still have them on their lawns. It's weird. But we hope that you enjoyed this episode we thank you for listening uh or tell us on our tiktok or our instagram page at gen z's guide to politics for both of those which one of these seasons of american horror story is your favorite or your least favorite who's the hottest who's the ugliest who's your favorite nepotism baby on the show we want to know but all of that and and more yet to come um on gen z's guide to politics so thanks for hanging out with us Have a good Halloween. Have a good time.